Hello and welcome to another episode of What High School Did You Go To? I'm Gabe Diverge. And I'm Chris Hatfield. Um, Gabe, we have reached the week where we have decided that the Blue Bloods of college basketball have been slighted. And they are out for the revenge. Um, <laughs> and in late February, early March is when they are coming to take everything that is theirs. I, Chris, we, we were trying to decide what to talk about at the beginning of the show. And we just like both stumbled upon the same topic of that. We, I saw like three or four different, the blue bloods are back headlines after this weekend of college basketball. Uh, just the ones that came to head right away was um, uh, Rob Doster of, uh, of the field of 68 sent this email, his newsletter, which is great. I highly recommend it talking about the blue bloods and he doesn't, you know, he, he mentioned UCLA, which whatever uh, you know, he he talks about Kentucky being a pretender, but I, I want to shout out Seth Davis who had the absolute balls to say that Syracuse is quote unquote, a blue blood. What a trash. <laughs> because he could have done, he could have done anything else. He could have just said Syracuse is going to do the thing they do every year and make the tournament on some ridiculous run. But to put them in that category, is, is triggering a, a nation of college basketball fans. Maybe that's just what he wanted. One, since when is one national championship, thanks to one of the greatest college basketball players of all time, like single season college basketball performances in Carmelo Anthony in 2003. And that's it. That's that's enough to to make you a blue blood these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. It's the, the standards have changed. I think it's oh, a reflection my. of the society. Um, it's all what, participation trophies. What do you well? What do you make of the blue bloods, Chris? What do you do? You uh, you know, we t- Kansas. You know, definitely, which they actually lost last night to Texas. Correct. Right. Um, right. So not, game, not cool. It was a great game. I actually, I fell asleep cause I was rewatch. I was trying to watch it. And I, I, I don't know if you guys are, you guys will notice during this podcast, my voice is kind of crap. Uh, I've got like some kind of cold, which I was COVID negative as I told Chris, but, uh, so apologies in advance. If you hear my, my voice isn't a hundo. Um, but yeah, so Kansas lost to Texas. North Carolina looked really good, obviously, against Louisville. Um, Duke beat Virginia, which was quite interesting. Uh, Kentucky, you know, Kentucky fans were absolutely on their game after uh, they were, they, it was a preposterous response. A for, preposterous, uh, the, Let me the, just say that. The, the BBN like list serve, like the notes, the talking points <laughs> immediately. Like it was active for the first time in months. I've never, never seen such a response. So, um, uh, oh my gosh, just shout out to BBN. Let's, I love you guys. Let's, <laughs> I mean, let's that's say, really, uh, I mean. let's, let's say for all intents and purposes of this discussion, let's call Michigan state a blue, blue button and throw them in here <laughs> out of, out of Michigan state, Duke, North Carolina and Kentucky. Uh, what, what percentage of those teams do you think actually threatened to make a, a, any type of NCAA tournament run? I don't know how much of any of those teams you've seen. Do you have a feeling on any of them or do you think they're all kind of fools go? Because I'm, I'm starting to buy a little bit into the Duke hype and I'm actually starting to buy a little bit into the Michigan state hype because I mean, beating Illinois at Illinois yeah, Michigan uh, state in, got in, that. In, in the way they did. Um, so how, how do you feel? How do you feel about the North Carolina, the Duke, obviously the Duke conversation is a little bit more relevant because we played them on Saturday. Um, any thoughts? Yeah, I think if I had to pick one of those teams to go the farthest, I still would say North Carolina. 
Um, I, I just think that's rounding into a classic team, a, a classic Roy Williams team going and and they, they play Roy Williams balls so well. They rebound right. so well. Kerwin Walton is, is playing fantastic right now. They're, you know, both he and Dayron Sharp, you're, you're finally getting, you know, kids, the, 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 the buy-in, you know, deep into the league. And I think that's part of, you know, not to, and you're seeing it too with Duke, I think, you know, not, not to make excuses. And it's funny because Kentucky's having this problem as well with freshmen taking, taking much longer to develop than I think they would in a normal season. Um, and you know, Duke's Duke's starting, you know, starting to play really, really well as well. But if I had to pick one of those teams to be, I don't know, not necessarily to be in the final four, but to, to kind of be a a big name in the tournament, I think it would be, uh, North Carolina. I mean, obviously Kansas, you know, you know, but I think they're sort of in a different class than these other teams who've trying to sneak in the tournament after a bad year for sure. Um, sure. It does. It does seem like that, you know, that you've got Michigan, Gonzaga, um, and Baylor. And if you want to throw a house state in that group, that's fine. But uh, I, I, personally don't because I think they're they've had a lot of like shooting success that they may not have in, in every NCAA tournament game but nonetheless I, I think you have a spot there for kind of a sleeper team to be that fourth team in the final four given the draw um so any of these teams I mean I I think it's college basketball you never know about them getting hot and, and making the turn but I'd be with you I thought the North Carolina not just obviously the complete destruction of Louisville but just how Focus they were on getting the ball up the court as fast as possible out of the out of the nets up the court um, and look vintage North Carolina. Um, so I, I think I'd agree with you there. Definitely, I I think what I'll be looking for in the tournament is just what what do the what do the brackets that don't include Gonzaga or Baylor look like? <laughs> you right. know what? Oh, that's it. it really depends. I, I I wouldn't. I'm not going to think too hard about the other regions, the, you know, those two regions if that, that Gonzaga and Baylor at the top of, but I really think you're looking at the other two, you know, could really have some interesting, um, yep. you know, so, so, some interesting deals. Uh, we, we were, we were just talking about, uh, you know, before the show and, and DMing about um, the guy, Evan Maya, I think his name is, or Mia who had right. Alabama as, as a one seed, which I found super interesting. And, that team's super interesting to me because they feel like the type of team that's going to crash out in an eight, nine, like yeah, just a classic I'll, I'll, eight, nine crash out team. I'll say in advance in every bracket that I fill out, I'll be completely fading Alabama. I won't have, I'll have them maybe max at the sweet 16 because I, they're a team that if they don't hit threes, a lot of teams can beat them. In my exactly. Estimation, which I watched them. So, and yeah. it's really tough to, to, to be the team that hits threes for six games in a row or four games in a row. Sure. If you're trying to make a final four. Um, right. So Chris, let's, uh, I think that's about, uh, you know, enough of the blue bloods. We, we've got a Louisville basketball team to talk about who uh, <laughs> certainly is more of a blue blood than Syracuse, Seth Davis. I, I don't know what you're thinking about there. Uh, but, uh, nonetheless, let's, let's kick off the show. Coming to you from inside the Waterson Expressway. It's the only podcast that misses cahoots. This is what high school did you go to with your hosts, Chris Hatfield and Gabe Diverge. And we're back, Chris. As I mentioned, the Louisville Cardinals got a much, much needed win. One we can talk about, but one might say the most important win of the season so far uh, to, to stop this skid over the Notre Dame fighting Irish 69, nice uh, to 57. Um, you know, what was your, 
reaction, Chris, to this game, to his performance, and 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 how important do you think it is for the team um, moving forward? Well, I mean, it was the most important game of Louisville season. I think you can say that. You know, they they lose that game, they're they're teetering dangerously close um, to the bubble more than they even were before going into it. Um, it's weird to me because I, I think most of the fan base looked at that game as very ho-hum. Um, but, you know, when you kind of dig into it a little bit further, Louisville led, led from start to finish. Uh, they haven't done that in many games this season. It was the second largest margin of defeat for Notre Dame this season. Um, it was one of their worst offensive showings of the season. So in a lot of ways, uh, Louisville did to, to Notre Dame what other teams couldn't. They, had, they played a lot better defense against them than Virginia did in either one of their games, uh, which, is, which is saying something, even though Virginia basketball don't think is who they've been in the past. I think that's – so the defensive effort to, to go out there and be committed for 40 minutes to running that team off the three-point line um, and really, you know, not a lot of defensive laps. I know the layout layups, not dunking the ball drove people insane last night. And I hear you. Um, but to me, that was, that was a pretty, about as good as you could expect from that mobile team, given the situation and, you know, having David Johnson being out as kind of just an afterthought, um, was, was nice. It was a nice feeling. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even mention that. You know, we found out, you know, Chris, you, you kind of told me privately. It's like, I'm hearing David's not going to play today in the in, in kind of the early afternoon. And I just was like, oh, crap. Like, I, and, and I, I that just felt like a, another excuse to, to, to crap out. Um, but the team totally they they played fantastic you know given all those circumstances and yes you're you're right Notre Dame is not you know like on a resume they're not a huge win it's you know it's going to be a Q2 win for them <clears throat> but to to have all the intangibles you know coming off that loss being able to forget you know put it behind you this 45 you know, point loss, the worst loss since before World War II for this Louisville basketball program. And, you know, you had the guy step up who needed to step up, you know, you, you know, all jokes aside about layups and stuff, but, you know, Samuel Williamson starts the game at the two, you know, we finally get that happens. He, he picks up two quick fouls that has to come out like seven minutes into the <laughs> game, um, but comes back and, and scores 12 points and, uh, and uh, gets eight rebounds. Dre Davis, you know, who we've been ragging on his, his, three pointers all year. He hits two of six, um, you know, uh, Jalen Withers hits two, you know, he goes two of two from three. Um, you just had guys. And then defensively, just you're right. I, I don't think it can be underlined super much. And, and, you know, we, we kind of talked a little bit. We mentioned that Notre Dame isn't um, it, it's kind of a great matchup for Louisville, but they were the number 15 team in offense. And, and right, and, right, right. And, and, and for Louisville to, to, to hold them to under 60, for like only the fourth time this year is absolutely nuts. I mean, the only other what? teams that have done that are Virginia and Virginia tech. And that's, yeah. You know, and I mean, the, the Virginia game, really their offensive rating in both of those games was pretty high. I think that the scoring was just a reflection of the tempo that the game was played. at. Yes. Um, but I think what that game said to me last night is like, Louisville's going to be looking at some type of, elite-ish team in the NCAA tournament if they make it past their first round game. And I think that game said to me that I would rather be playing a much better offensive team than having a team that has defense as their calling card. So if I'm looking at like an Iowa or West Virginia, I'm probably going to choose Iowa like 10 out of 10 times because I feel more comfortable with this team relying on their defense than I do their offense. 
Um, that's a great I, I point. Think, I think that sets up better for them um, than just having to execute in a half court set for 40 minutes last night. Like the, the, the offense had issues last night. Um, and, you know, that, that made me feel that way. Yeah. And we, we'll talk a little bit about the offense, but you know, just, uh, just a few, I think another, another big story we wanted to uh, underline was, uh, uh, was Malik Williams who started the game. Uh, right. He was, a, he, it was his first start of the yeah, year, I yeah. believe. Um, you know, finally getting in at the five, you know, he only scored six points, but he played 26 minutes, uh, which was pretty huge and basically was a contributor to, to, to the team. You can still tell he's not in game shape, Chris. Um, he gets winded quickly and, and it's, I, I don't, I don't, you know, if, if at all, he's not going to get to, you know, kind of prime regular season game shape, hopefully, you know, but obviously you'd love that to happen quicker, but it's already almost March and, you know, give him another week or two. And I think we'll, we'll, we'll get to 85, 90% of that, but you just, you know, he, he only played 26 minutes. He had 10 rebounds. Um, he didn't get any blocks, but you just could tell, you can immediately tell, and you, you could tell even in the first 10 minutes of the North Carolina game, what he adds defensively, he plays the pack line, you know, Chris Max version of the pack line. So well, he hedges at the right times. You know, this is his third year playing third year playing it. I think he really has it down to a science playing the five in the pack line, which is going to be just massive for this team going down the stretch. I think, um, what yeah, was your takeaway from Malik? No, I mean, you mentioned the, the pack line stuff. We talked about before how, yeah, I think we mentioned a few shows ago, like how Tony Bennett had like a losing streak to Florida State and how Tony Bennett with Virginia had had issues getting things going at early in his career. And I think part of that is just learning a system. It takes time. Um, so to have a guy like Malik who has been playing that defense for three years and just to have a voice out there um, is it, huge for this team. I think it's been the perfect set up to kind of getting him back in because the North Carolina game was never really in doubt after the 10 minute <laughs> mark. So there was never any pressure for him to go out there and perform very well. So it, it was a situation where he could kind of just get reps. In. Uh, and then you get name who's not having against them. Um, so, so to get those two games um, kind of under his belt, I, I thought it was a perfect situation. It's just, it's insane to me that he's playing 26 minutes, man. Um, having yeah, just, a just second game. That, Se- right, second yeah, game just coming back. Having an injury, in that, and I, I believe it was the same leg, right? Like, this is right. the second time he's came off that same injury. Um, and, and, and to have that in, energy injury as a big man, um, it's it just, you know, it, that, that can get pretty messy early. Um Chris Mack saying after the game that, you know, Blake Williams coming back another year isn't out of the question, um, which is pretty cool because <laughs> that dude, that dude has been one of my favorite, you know, global Cardinals just because of everything he's been through um, and his resiliency. So I don't know, man, uh, coming back, playing 26 minutes, if you can get him to the point where by March, he's going to be able to give you, you know, 30 minutes and play that position. That's huge for this team. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know. How do you feel expectation wise? Because we're, we, we say this so many times on the podcast and then Louisville has a COVID pause, you know, they haven't played five games in a row without having a COVID pause. But I, I feel like after the Duke game, we're going to have a clear vision of what this team can do in March, but where are you at? No, I, 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 I think that's a good point. Cause 
I think this Duke game is going to be so important. And it's funny, you know, we were talking about teams, you know, you're, you're really going to favor Louisville again in games against teams that rely more on their offense than their defense. And Duke is that team, um, you know, comparatively in the, in the final three games of the year, I would say they're probably the best opportunity to get a win. You know, you and I, I think, well, we can talk a little bit more about the tournament and, and the bubble situation. You and I both think if this, if, if Louisville loses their next three games, they'll be okay. They'll get in. Um, maybe they're an 11 seed. They have to play a playing game, but I, I, I think this Duke, you know, this Duke game is the best opportunity for them to lock in. I think that uh, one more win and you absolutely lock in your opportunity to getting in the tournament in terms of how I feel. It just feels like this team and and maybe this is me putting on my rose colored glasses, but it just feels like this team is a couple tweaks away from being a real second weekend team to me. It just feels like we are, you know, getting David Johnson back on the court and Malik Williams playing 30, you know, 30 minutes game. And then Sammy Williamson just continuing to do what he does, what he's doing right, right now in getting rebounds. You know, we, we, you know, we joke a lot about Sammy Williamson, but you know, he's averaging, he's basically averaging a double double over his last six games. Like, you know, he's averaging 12 and 10, basically like that's, that's just so big for this team. And, you know, to, to, to talk about, he's, specific- also, he's also opening the floor from the mid range. Oh yeah. Nobody else on this team can do. I don't think he, that sort of, there's a semicircle around the charity stripe where if you see <laughs> Williamson pull up, it's money. It's absolute money. I'd bet you, if you said, all right, Williamson's pulling up right here and you put a gun in my head, I'm going to take, I'm going to take Williamson making the shot just because he's yeah. been absolute money from those spots over the past, you know, five, six games. Um, and, and, you know, Carly Jones being able to do what he does, he just freaking turns it on. And, you know, Quinn Slazinski is, is becoming a kind of a, a slow mobster. Luke, Luke Hancock gets to the line more than anyone on the team guy right now. You know, sure, he yeah. had five free throws, led the team, you know, got to the line three times. You know, they're they're able to do little things. And you're absolutely right. If, if I could totally see them figuring something out that could get them to the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight, you know, I mean, not to, it's just like this team they haven't been 100% healthy any game this season like not a single game Chris. Uh, not a not a single game and like i said they they haven't played i'm pretty sure this is right in, in they haven't played 5 games in a row without a covid pause the way they've been set up i believe that's the case i could be off a little bit on that I'll, number I'll, but I, I, I have the schedule right here let me pull that up but you keep going okay <laughs> yeah it's just like they, and then you get the COVID pause the games that have been before the COVID pauses have been Louisville's most complete performances of the season in both cases the West Kentucky drumming uh, a game that people thought Louisville could lose and then the Georgia Tech game where they also drummed Georgia Tech and another game they thought they could lose were both Louisville's most complete performances of the season so you feel like if you can get any type of just consistency they can absolutely be a sweet 16 team. I, I, I'm there with you, uh, but I know there is a large portion of this fan base that feels like a first round flame out is coming. To answer your question. Yes. The, the, the Louisville has only played five games in a row without, uh, w- without having a game stopped. That's, um, I mean, that's insane in college basketball because what does college basketball predicate on? It's predicated on building your team from March and getting reps to build your team for March. It's what Rick Bettino did for years. It's what you want to see Chris Matt do if we can figure out the whole February situations. 
But that's that's insane, man. No, you're absolutely right. And 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 you know, you were talking about the fan base, you know. I, I get it that that loss freaking sucked. That that loss on Saturday was absolute ass. And I'm not saying that you have to completely ignore that they lost by 45 points and it's the worst loss since before world war II. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that you, it just, you have to have the context around it. It doesn't excuse the loss. I think just the fact that you're right. This is, this is a sport that is about building your team. That is about, a you know, you know, we talk all the time about Rick Pitino's teams, they were dominant in January and then they were able, he was able to get his teams to a better place in January than, than 99% of coaches in college basketball. Right. And things would happen along the way, but like January and February was his time. And, and that's why they were so good come March. So Chris Mack hasn't been able to do that effectively. You know, how many, they've only played 17 games, Chris. They've only played yeah. 17 games this year. By now, no, you're I, 25 games in, you're 30 games in by now. It, it's it's a completely different season. And I understand the frustration that un, we're going to talk a little, I want to talk about the offense specifically. And I understand watching this team and being frustrated. I'm right there with you. I just can't hold them up to the same expectations of where they should be at this point. I'm not saying I, I don't expect them to perform in the tournament. I expect them to make the tournament. I expect them to sure as hell put up a fight in the first weekend. I, I, I'm looking at this team and I still expect the second weekend, to be quite honest with you. I'll be disappointed yeah, if they don't make the second that's weekend. Where, that's where I'm at. That's so, where I'm at too. And it takes me to the point of saying, you know, if they lose or to lose in the first game, I think you have every right to be furious because I, I still think there's completely enough talent on this team to get there. Yes. Yes, a- absolutely. And, and <laughs> it's, I don't know. It, <laughs> sometimes I feel like I'm just like the crazy guy in the room. And, and, you know, I, I, I don't know, man, I, I had a, a really frank conversation with two guys I, I, I love and I, and, and we've, we've enjoyed Louisville basketball for forever. And one of them was just like, what does, what does Chris Mack do? That's better than everyone. And the other guy was just, you know, it said, you know, Rick Pitino was a, is a top 10, a, a top 10 college basketball coach of all time. Correct. Chris Mack is not that. And that's yes. okay. And, right. and I understand we are completely, we are completely spoiled by that. But I think also when you admit that you also have to, you also have to admit that, you know, Chris Mack has, has done great things in his three years. You know, he's, he gave uh, North Carolina Jim. their biggest, their biggest home loss in 20, 30 years. He won at Duke. He, you know, he beat Michigan state, you know? Yeah. He, okay. Kentucky wasn't good this year, but he got that win. Um, he's, he's, to he's, answer, to answer he's beating question, the blue bloods. Say. We talking about all four of them, all four of the blue buds. We just, we, right. we've been dunking on. He beat all four of the, the champions classic teams you know <laughs> i just i just don't know why every we've we've talked about this before but every loss that happens we are still in the mode of they have to be an indictment on chris mack yeah i mean uh, not much about the north carolina carolina loss had to do with chris mack it's about a team that hadn't played in 19 days i don't know why more than once <laughs> I, I don't know why Louisville's reactions to the layoff are more extreme than some other teams because they have been but they are. I mean, the Wisconsin game was almost a replica. 
And those two things don't happen because a guy's a poor coach. It happens because obviously COVID affected this team more than it has other teams. But I mean, Baylor lost to a winless Iowa state last night. Like that, they, it just happens. I mean, to answer your question about what does Chris Mack do great? I think he's a great motivator. His teams don't lose many games in a row. They usually respond pretty damn well after a loss. Last yesterday was a great example of that. He does a great job with less talent. A lot of his Xavier teams that weren't expected to do anything made their deepest runs. So I think Chris Mack may do less with more. And maybe some of the times he has an abundance of talent is when he does struggle. Maybe that's something he has to grow in, but he's yeah. also a young coach. I mean, there's, he's still growing as well. Um, but I, I would agree with you when you, when you were able to say that, you know, there aren't many better options. Uh, Rick Bettino is a coach that not many programs have and not many programs ever will have. It makes it a lot easier to discuss things. Definitely. Yeah, I I feel like we can leave this part there. And I don't know if we want to talk about the offensive part because I think that kind of goes hand in hand with with the, yeah, the discussions I mean, the, the, about Mac and um the the layup stuff was was ridiculous. But I mean I, I looked it up last night and I, I was astonished to see that mobile is fifty-fifth in the country and rim field goal percentage, which is like the second best in the ACC. <laughs> Wait, what? They're second best in the ACC around the rim? They're 55th in the country. Uh, it was either second or third best um, per, per hoop match. I would not, I would, I would not have, have guessed that, but um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, at one point I they mean, missed seven, they missed seven layups in a row uh, last night. Yeah. And, and, and I get it. That's really Six funny. Of 18, I think. Yeah, I, I get it. That's, that's funny. That's, that's, that's horrible. I, I, I completely agree. Um, I, I don't know if that's a, that's an indictment on. <laughs> that doesn't have to be an indictment on Chris Mack. Um, I mean, what do you want him to? What do you want him to say? To, like dunk the ball? I mean, sure, I'm sure he's sick to those things. Like do it, <laughs> dunk the ball. But there's there's only so much that can be done when a guy's around the rim and he every single time he, he's going to finesse it up. Um, and I think that's what I happens with a guy like Withers and, and he, and, and, you know, Mac talked about it in the post games. Like, you know, he missed all those plays Withers still had like statistically the best game. We haven't even mentioned that, you know, he had yeah. 12 points, uh, 13 rebounds, uh, in just 26 minutes. Um, you'll take that, you know, <laughs> he'll take that every time. Um, so I, I, I I'm really, I, summed I, up, I, uh, uh, go ahead. one word synopsis of how we feel about this game is that, they're frustrating the hell out of us, but we can also see the potential. <laughs> and that's why, yeah. And that's why, you, you know, that's why if they do lose in the first round, it's going to suck so much because it, it, it does, you can, you can see it. I don't know. I guess that's what, what, what I you know, would challenge any Louisville fan who's ready to toss Chris Mack out the front door is, you know, you know, can't you see what's precluding them from being great? And do you really feel like Chris Mack is that thing? Yeah, I, just, I mean, I don't think you can with 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 a serious face say Chris Mack is the reason why this isn't a like a a top twenty five team. I just don't. If you want to have like, if you want to have a deep discussion about that stuff, I think you just start looking at individual guys and saying, have they grown? <laughs> like to have the patience with Sam Williamson to get where he was, even from the start of this year to where he's at now, that's a situation that can easily go poorly. Like we saw it with with other high end talents that have come in here before that had just as 
as much potential as a guy like Sam not reach it because the situation just wasn't handled the way it should have been. I mean, a, a guy like Jalen Withers, yeah, he should be more physical, but has he improved from where he was at the beginning of the season to where he is 100%. now? I think so. David David Johnson took a huge leap from his from last year to now. Uh, you're talking about him flirting around with a lottery because he's done two things: improve his outside shot and just be more comfortable with the ball and more confident. And that that's coaching, man. Like if you're going to say all the negative issues about about Mac and 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 every time Louisville loses a game, you're going to start that conversation. Then make sure, damn sure, that you talk about all the other things that happened. <laughs> That's just the way I feel. I think that, no, no, no. I think I, the discussion is ridiculous. I yeah, and and I we're we're I think we've we we've gone around a, a good amount of times, but I, I'm right there with you. We've I think this I, I think this is a really good discussion. And I hope you know. I I understand the frustrations. I I really do. I want to I want to say that I I understand why. I mean, Louisville. I, I couldn't believe it when I read this, but Louisville. Uh, what was it? It was um they they haven't made the second round of the tournament since 2015 or no, the second, the second weekend of the tournament since 2015. That's not good enough. Yeah. That's yeah. not good. Enough. Yeah. And, and that's, that's absolutely insane. And that's not what we're used to. And we, and we fucking miss it. We, we miss the tournament. If, if, mm-hmm. if, if we if the tournament hadn't gotten canceled last year and Louisville makes it and maybe loses in the Sweet 16, probably to a team that they shouldn't have lost to, we I guarantee you we don't feel that way right now. You know, like it's just we miss the tournament, right. we miss we 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 miss the enjoyable parts. Louisville fans have been beaten down so much by things that have been out of their control over and over and over again that I think it's spilled into this. And you know, as I said like four times now, like we don't have to keep belaboring the point, but I just want to I just want to make yeah, sure. Yeah, I know it just. Folks no, they that we we're not saying you're dumb. We're just saying we're just saying try. Please just look at it. Can can we try and look at this like rational Louisville fans? Like you know, to bring it back to last night, Dave O'Brien. You know, who I find it hilarious. Like my my introduction. Well, baseball was my introduction to Dave O'Brien. But I kind of, and this is a completely different tangent. I used to like absolutely hate Dave O'Brien, like publicly, like on Twitter, because they tried ESPN tried to position him <laughs> as like the voice of of uh, of like United States men's national team soccer, and it, it, that failed miserably, which is completely understandable because the, the this is all new to me. This it, look it up if if you're unaware of this. But anyway, he said that coming to the Yum Center, and they always say this about places. So he probably said this about fog Allen and every other like nice place in, in the country. But he said what he loves about Louisville and, and, and coming to the M center is that there's 25,000 fans and they're all knowledgeable about the game. And I think that this, this period, this past few years of yeah. things just getting crazy and, and not, not being able to enjoy what, you know, not being able to enjoy things for, for reasons that have been out of our control it has just made us crazy. And I, I just hope that we can, we can take a, take a little a breath and try and look at this last few weeks and they're going to make the tournament, Chris. They're going to, I, I, you know, maybe there's a chance they don't, but I think they're going to make the tournament and just try to enjoy this because we haven't had it in a while and not have to make everything a referendum on the future of the program. Cause we'll get there. Yeah. And, I mean, the, and, the, and the, yeah, the, there's, the, there's bad things that are going to happen. Eventually there's going to be another NCAA thing, but just, just try and enjoy what's happening on the court. Cause we're going to make the tournament and, and hopefully ho- maybe this team can, can, can make some noise. Yeah. You just want some type of feel good. I mean, not having the, 
not having the finality of last season and not having the contacts, context just just kind of screws up the conversation. Definitely. And it sucks because, you know, we, we would be talking differently if we had some type of knowledge of, of how last season finished. But anyway, um, we <laughs> should mention at least, I promise you we haven't ran from the conversation of A, the North Carolina game, or B, the, the magic video that popped up on the internet. We just unfortunately haven't been able to fit one in the, the podcast go ahead yeah yeah chris you know i don't think we mentioned uh, but, it at the yeah. top but you you've been traveling and uh that you know it, it, it didn't really work out timing wise and and we were excuse me we were completely planning on doing a pod right after the game on wednesday and that got canceled so yep. yeah um that's been fun um but yeah do you want to i mean are we want to talk about unc i feel like we talked about it a little bit but uh get to the no i mean there's i don't think there's any much to say i i think it i wish i could point my finger on why mobile has such a large reaction um to the pauses more so than other teams because it's not like they're a team that you know presses a lot or uses a lot of their legs so you don't think it would affect them as much as it does some other teams but for some reason or another it does um i don't know I wonder, and I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud here. I wonder if it does lend itself to the sort of offense defense dynamic that we've talked about. Um, You know, Louisville isn't an incredibly efficient offensive team and they're able to rely on their defense and maybe defense is just something that takes a little bit more time to pick up. I don't know. That's I'd like to see that, that comparison, you know, if you, I've seen that, that chart, I don't remember who it was, was it Evan, that Evan guy? It, 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 it was him. Yeah. He had the chart about like uh, teams that come off breaks, how long, you know, how, how much does it take off their, their efficiency, uh, their camp bomb rating and stuff. And, um, and during, def- the, during the summer, there's going to be tons of like analytic nerds doing stuff on this and I can't wait because I can't wait to look into the information of how much it just did affect teams this year and find out if there is any like a random correlation um, on why some teams were, you know, hurt by it more than others. But Yeah. So it'll be interesting, but let's talk about this video, Chris, Um, on a scale of one to 10, I want to, I want to ask you this question. How big of a deal uh, did you, initially find this video to be uh probably 10, 10 being about a six maybe six or seven um, okay i mean the the covid stuff is is the issue right like none of the content or what's being said in the video means anything to me i found it hilarious i honestly was a little perturbed at mac being so feverishly yes. apologizing um <laughs> in this press conference because i didn't want that i wanted like the double down um but obviously that didn't happen uh, but the covid stuff is what annoys you and, and bothers you more than anything i think and that's what's so funny about it to me is that you know going back to the the bvn part of this is that I think all the, the, the people, the smart minds were like, yeah, it's the fact that Louisville keeps having these, these, these COVID pauses and it's a bad look to have random people at your house. Um, when, when your team can't stay on the court for more than five games in a row. Um, so that's, you know, that's not, not an ideal look. Um, but the Kentucky fans and Kentucky sports radio and Matt Jones are like, Oh, you can't wait to see how Calipari takes this, you know, blah, 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 blah. And they were trying to, to make it about the content of the video. 
which Chris Mack didn't really like, have a, a part in, which it was all pretty much Eric Wood, who honestly, I, I, I looked this up before we had the, the, the start of the podcast. I've been a little surprised to see that Eric Wood hasn't tweeted about this at all. He hasn't said a damn thing. Right. Which was kind of an eyebrow raiser to me. I just figured like, yeah, you know what? Maybe that wasn't a good idea, but you know, we were just hanging out with friends. Sorry. Like <laughs> his, his, his last tweet was, I don't know if you've seen the Netflix show. I care so much or whatever it's called. I care too much. Or yeah. I don't know, his a movie, last, right? Yeah. Yeah. His last tweet was about that movie. And I thought like an extremely witty thing to do would just be to retweet that. And that would be his response because it was, I care too much or, <laughs> I, I don't care at all or something like that. Like it would have been funny. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's kind of odd that he hasn't really said anything. I think it's funny that like the the, the discussion has been about the content about, oh, Calipari sees this is going to be a, a bad reaction. It's going to mean bad things for Louisville next year. Like Max already done this once and it, yeah. you know, he, he backed it up. So like, that to me is is really funny in itself. Like, why would this be any different? Like, this video isn't going to make it more motivated than, than the previous one did. Um, but you know, backing down from it in a little ways, I don't know. I hated that. No, you're absolutely right. And like, it's so funny that his initial video before the 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 game and talking about the scheduling was all about it's like we got to do whatever John's gonna do, but or John wants us to do, blah 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 blah. And then he basically was like, oh, you know, I called up John and I felt bad for John. I didn't want, I wanted him to know it was just a joke and it didn't need any context. And it was, you know, when we talk about Mac, we talk about what we like about Mac and we like the, you know, it's corny. He's, he, you know, the, I, I find the, I find the, I'm just a guy who wants to have a few beers at, at, uh, at, uh, what's the restaurant he likes going to roosters, roosters. you know, he's like, yeah. he's just a down home dude who just wants to hang out, have a few beers. And it, he's not like, he's the absolute opposite of Versace suit wearing Rick Patino, which is <laughs> great. I enjoy that, but I will readily admit it's like, more corny than it isn't you know it's 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 pretty corny um so i was just really hoping he went all wrestling heel with it and even if it was like you know i called john and said this and this but i want it like and then kind of going into the wrestling like we're gonna we always gonna celebrate beating them um yeah yeah and that's the thing is like i i i'm not sure that it's like a personal thing with calipari but i can tell you firsthand that it is not not all friendliness. Uh, Chris Mag doesn't view the Kentucky rivalry friendly. Like right. it's not the same tone that he had in that press conference. I promise you that. It, I I know that. I, I know that Max an extremely extremely competitive person. He's the most online coach in America. He reads everything that's on Twitter.com. I can assure you of that. Um. So the 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 rivalry to him isn't friendly it isn't like i'm just gonna call call calipari up and be like man this sucks i'm sorry we'll see you again and you know we'll we'll have a beer together like it's it's not like that so um you know it is what it is um we'll see what type of off-season shenanigans are gonna happen this year because i'm I'm sure there will be 
some little subtle jabs between the two. Um, because Which is great. That's what we want. And like, yeah, that's what we at want. the end of the day, that's what this did. I, I just hate that it became this like weird, like it was on the freaking ESPN bottom line. That's, that's what I was going to say. I don't know what made it become like a, such a major, like negative story. And we like, saw, it, it, I saw so it was many. Being pres- it was being presented as some type of like damning video. It just wasn't that, and for some reason, it, it was it was portrayed like that. And I saw so many college basketball like you know talking heads be like, you know, I saw all this stuff about this video, and I'm like, is this really it? What's the what's what's the <laughs> part here that's dumb and crazy? And um, right. I found that to be very funny, and just like let's you know let me let me let me take my my another shot at bbn just just what an incredible self-own just just to think that this was like he's celeb. i i I don't understand why kentucky fans think the 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 argument that oh wow louisville can you believe louisville celebrated this much beating Mm -hmm. kentucky can you believe it i will never understand that argument is that's it's as if their program has never participated in anything like that. Like Cash Daniel was freaking throwing Gatorade all over the Papa John's Cardinal Stadium after beating Kentucky with a makeshift or after beating Louisville with like a makeshift coach with guys arguing with the coaches on the sideline. Like that was some type of impressive victory. Like, come <laughs> on, bro. It's, you beat your rival. You go to their house. You go to their crib and beat them. You celebrate. Like, that's the way it goes. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> it is what it is, man. Like, I, I if, if, if Louisville was to win and Rupp next season, I hope they celebrate even more. I hope they walk on the Kentucky Wildcat and stomp on it. Like, who gives a shit? It's a rivalry. I didn't. I, I had thought about this when it was like, I think it was like late Saturday night. So I was going to post it on Sunday and I didn't. And I wanted to just do like the Superman meme, the two Supermans pointing at each other. It's like Louisville fans <laughs> getting mad about L's down and Kentucky yeah. fans saying that Louisville celebrated yeah. a win too much against this. Very like, much that. And I'm very much. A, I like I will hands down admit that I cared too much about L's down. And it it irks me more than it absolutely should. And I don't understand. Understand why Kentucky fans think that. That's a, and, that's the thing, though. If, if 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 they're gonna celebrate, I'm fine with that. Like, do the same thing. Like, it, it, you know, it is what it is. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing you on the Elsdale thing. I feel. <laughs> and I, you know, I um. Shout out to KSR for like doing the typical KSR thing where they just like tweet about this in ways that only benefits them. And like I saw the dude like, oh, you know, Chris Mack said he was having friends over or he was having family over during Christmas and like didn't they didn't clarify in the tweet and all the BBN was like, oh, Eric, what is family now? What a bunch of idiots, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) I'm like, dude, just like just. Like, we know you don't want to be like journalists. You don't, you're not trying to be journalists, but just get basic, like, just get basic shit right. Just like get it right. It's like, it's like tweeting about it from the perspective of, I'm not mad about it. I just think it's funny. It's, it's just, I, I don't, it's so funny to me, man. It's, it was good though, man. Like, we need it. I hope we get some type of like football. Yeah, no. And I was like, like you know, I was, 
I was messing with Nick Roush about it and then met, poking fun at him and how KSI covered it. And he's like, listen, he's like, I actually hate Chris Mack now. Like I thought the, I thought the initial thing was corny, but like, I actually, you know, the initial like videos were pretty corny and, and lame, but I enjoyed this. And this made to me feel like it's an actual rivalry again. And if that's like the end, you know, I hate how he got here, but you know, if, if the billboard wars are like actually about <laughs> basketball going forward and not like just incredibly lame football things, uh, yeah. I, 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 that's a win. I think that's a win for this community. And like yet again, Duke and North Carolina, please shut the fuck up because <laughs> absolutely like, I'm sorry, like, like comparing wine collections will never touch this shit yes, and ESPN yeah. can go fuck themselves <laughs> on saying that that's a better rivalry. Just like, please kindly get the hell out of here. You don't know what a rivalry is. <laughs> just go. We should just grab that bite. That would be the perfect promo for, for what high school did you go to? Just telling ESPN <laughs> to screw themselves and not compare wine collections. I love that. Um, um, but, I'm going I'm to clip that and I'm going to bleep it out and uh, <laughs> <please> <laughs> <do>. <laughs> I'll tell you what though man if, if Louisville wins at Rupp next year it is going to be it's, it's on like it's going to be <laughs> stupendous internet times either way actually honestly the outcome of, of Kentucky winning or Louisville winning the internet will be beautiful but Max, like a, a, a missed layup away from being two and one against Calvary as it is. Um, so, you know, if, if he's able to talk this and then do it again, buddy, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty, pretty fun. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So um, before we wrap up, do you want to talk really quickly about Duke just like for five minutes? Yeah, we can, we can mention it. Um, because, uh, you know, I think I was looking the other day and I, I don't know if it's if it's direct correlation, but pretty much in every game that that Duke has played, they've been able to like speed things up and really get out and run. Um, and they've faced a lot of bad transition defenses. Like Syracuse is like 280. Um, yeah. Virginia, surprisingly enough, is literally, quite literally, the third worst, worst team in the country in transition defense. Um, and Louisville happens to be the best transition defense in the ACC. So I do think that's interesting to see if Duke's going to try to speed this one up or, or play in the open court like they have in the midst of the run. Have you watched much of Duke? Did you watch Duke Virginia? No, I did. I haven't gotten a chance to watch Duke these past few games. Um, I've watched a little bit of them, and then obviously the game they played against uh, against Louisville. Um, yeah, it's gonna it's 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 really interesting to me. I don't excuse me. I don't quite know what to make of this kind of run that they're on. Um, it's really funny to me that Jalen Johnson leaves and now they're doing good. Um, one thing that's really been interesting to me is like Jamin Brakefield really stepping out for them who, I mean, Louisville fans will know, you know, both he and DJ Stewart were, were guys that, that I think, you know, were, were about as close as to going to Louisville as, as most of the, the, the dudes who've kind of flip flopped during Rick Patino's time, you know, apparently, especially in Jamin right. Brakefield's uh, case is my understanding. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, if I'm Chris Mack, that's honestly kind of what I'm harping on again. And I don't, I don't know what, if that's maybe what he did um, in that, uh, you know, in that first games, like, you know, these guys, you know, half these guys didn't want to play for us. They want, they don't want to play with you. So like, let's do that. Sure. Um, da- getting David Johnson back is really freaking important. Um, and yeah, I, because, I mean, I'm, I'm very was, concerned, very concerned about the- that. 
the difference in that game in the first matchup was was David Johnson being able to guard Matthew Hurt in the post. Um, and I, I think he opens up offensively a bunch of things for Louisville, obviously. But like the the tangible difference was like Matt making that adjustment. Um, and I haven't seen anybody. That's something that Dukes continue to do with Matthew Burton. I haven't seen anybody guard him as well as David Johnson did in that game. Um, is there a reason that you're so concerned? Like uh, like not getting him back? Not getting not getting like you don't think that that are you saying I don't think he'll be back? No, I like you said you're super concerned about maybe him not playing. I, I think he stands a pretty good chance to play on Saturday. Is yeah, there a reason no. that you maybe like feel differently? No, well, I, I think I, I, I saw I did see a lot of people kind of tweet. They, they said like, oh, Max said he should be back. I didn't. I don't know. Maybe I go back and listen. I didn't get the vibe that he said it was a certainty. And yeah, just, he didn't I, say that. He didn't I, say that. And I think a few people kind of took it that way and I didn't get that vibe and I didn't, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, I want to hear the news before I, I start counting that chicken before it hatches. Um, I got you. Cool. Cause I do I think, think he's the key to this. And I, I think Mac is going to, I think one thing he'll kind of play with K, you know, K with, you know, if, if, you know, even if, uh, if he does have DJ is I, I wonder how much he tries to put Malik Williams on her. And that feels like it would be a big mistake, but I, I just feel like that's a Mac thing that he's going to try and do. Just like, I'm going to throw this curveball at you and, and, and not do the thing that worked initially and just kind of no, see how that goes. I think that's a, that, that's an interesting thing. I think Malik's mobile enough to, to make that work, but obviously Hurt's going to get his a few occasions, but he's going to get his against anybody. Um, I, I think the thing that is oddly weird about this game is that I'm not, really sure if from a national perspective if Louisville goes into Cameron Indoor and wins this game if they're going to really get the credit they deserve right but I think from a local perspective it'll be a huge deal um if they are able to win this because I I think that the Duke like the the run that Duke is having I I think it's legitimate I I think they figured out a few things I think some individual players talk about Jamin Bankfield I I think some individual players have grown they're defending a lot better um, so I, I think it's good. It just sucks that on paper, you know, if Louisville wins by five or wins by six, it's not really going to look as good as it truly, you know, as right. good of a win as it really may be, which sucks. But I think that, you know, Louisville's getting three very tough games coming up, um, but they're all games that Louisville can win. They've already beat two of the teams that they're playing. Um, Virginia Tech, to me, is fool's gold in the truest amount. I, I think they're very fraudulent. Um, but Louisville already defeated them and almost kind of gave that game at the end of the way. I think Virginia, I know how Louisville fans feel about Virginia, uh, but I think that Chris Mack is better suited to beat them than, than other Louisville coaches than Rick Bettino was. Um, I'm excited. I'm nervous. I'm excited. I just want to want Saturday to get here. Um, I'm, I'm ready to see this team at the closest to full strength that we have seen them. If David Johnson is able to play, it'll literally, quite literally, be the first time they've had a full roster. Well, I guess you'll still be missing Nickelberry and you'll still be missing Aiden, but right. I feel like it'll be the closest to healthy we've been. So, um, yeah, I'm no, ready it's, for it's, to get here. I'm pretty I, excited. Yeah. I mean, obviously North Carolina was quote unquote, the closest we were to being healthy. And, um, 
I don't know. I mean, obviously they weren't, they weren't hundred percent. So I, I agree with you. This, this will be the, the, the closest to the team that we want that you're, you know, the team that you wanted to see at the beginning of the year, hopefully that, that will be it. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's, I don't know why I'm like not as confident. I feel like I've gone into some of these, these kind of big for Louisville games that aren't necessarily like big for the national platform and, and felt, I've definitely felt much better um, in the past. I weirdly felt like way better about Louisville. I don't know why, but I like, I just had a feeling they were going to win at Duke last year on that game. They did, but not for the reasons that, yeah. I, that I initially thought. Um, but I don't know. I, I you know, I, I, I'm kind of bummed that, you know, I, I don't know if this, I could go back and look and I'm not going to, cause it'll take me five minutes, but this feels like the first time Louisville's played Duke twice in a year. With Mac being here, I don't. I can't. I can't recall any other time. I mean, they didn't design they, year, they didn't them. last year. So I kind of, it, it kind of feels weird to me that they won the first game. Like I just, I just feel like Coach K is just not, isn't going to let this team lose twice. That's what concerns me. I think if I had to, it's, a, it's it a tough one to call, man. It's, it's, it's a really tough one to call because you, there are just so many questions about still David Johnson at this point. What's interesting is that like. A, if Louisville is going to be either a three or a four, they're probably going to stand a pretty good chance of playing either Duke or North Carolina in their first game in the ACC tournament. Oh yeah. The way it sets up right now, because they're, I mean, it, obviously there can be a lot of movement, but North Carolina is a five and, and Duke's a six and they, they both play that they get that single buy and then they play the, the three and the four. Um, you know, Louisville, weirdly, oddly enough, if they went out, they could still be a two seed in the ACC tournament, which would be like their best finish in school history in the ACC. I looked it up this morning, which to me is all types of funny. Uh, so there's just a, there's just yeah. a lot to like, like play out right now. Um, and it, it's going to be fun watching it, watching it happen. Yeah, it's 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 going to be a really interesting end of the season. You know, these th- these three really big games, three Q one opportunity, Q uh, you know, quadrant one games to win. Um, it's going to be very, 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 very interesting. And um, I mean, I think if Louisville leaves this three game stretch two and one, or I mean, even you know three and zero, oh, which I, I don't think is going to happen, but. You leave with two wins out of this three game stretch. And I, oh, you're, I, you're ecstatic. I feel incredible about this team. I feel incredible about this team yeah. and I don't want to hear another, I don't want to hear anyone nugget on it. Even if you leave zero and three and they're three close games, like I'm not going to be super mad. I'll be bummed and I'll probably be able to convince myself. We should have had one and be like frustrated and, and for a variety of reasons, but, um, I would love to. Yeah. I'd love to win at least one and and two or three is just like over the moon for sure. Anything else before we shut this thing down, Chris? No, man. I think it's been a a good discussion. Um, and I enjoyed it. Thanks everyone. Yeah. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, shout out to everyone who didn't send us questions. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that happens. It's okay. It's no big deal. Um, yeah, Chris, thanks again, as always. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, we will talk to you next time. Have a good one. Go cards.